Do you believe you can turn your darkest side into success? Do you believe that you can still achieve your dreams even when you are in the darkest moment of your life? Well, in today's episode, I interviewed Jeremy and Jeremy will be telling us more on how he was able to change his darkest scar, which is an experience which ADHD and he was able to create apps and a lot of more things that he did to achieve his dream. So come on and let's elevate. Welcome to Elevate with Bridget. I'm your host, Bridget Adofuja Form. Bridget is a management consultant, a life coach and an author today we have a special guest here this guest is going to help us to transform our thoughts and everything that we know about our dreams that sometimes we do engage in challenges but we feel like we have to give up it's going to give us the mindset to change from that so we have jeremy nangle from focus there Jeremy, welcome to Elevate with Bridget. Great to be on the show with you, Bridget. Okay, so I hope everything at your end is cool. Everything is great. Okay. So, Jeremy, can you tell us where you are speaking from and what you do? I am calling in from Melbourne, Australia. And what I do, I'm the founder of Focus Bear, which is an app to help people, especially people with ADHD and autism, to better concentrate and deal with distractions from technology. Okay. So why creating an app or creating an artificial intelligence for ADHD? I created it to help myself originally. I've been diagnosed with ADHD and I've had real problems with staying focused at work. A typical experience for me is that I'll start working on a task And then I'll have this thought, I wonder what's happening in the news right now. And I'll go and check the news and I'll lose myself for half an hour easily, just scrolling through the headlines and going from site to site. What I really wanted was something to stop me from going onto those rabbit holes. So now I've got the app Focus Bear, which basically blocks me from accessing distracting apps and websites. That's made a real difference to my own productivity And we've now got about a hundred people using it and they're all finding the same thing that it's helping them to stay on task, stick to the goals that they have rather than getting distracted. Oh, so it's a nice thing to do a product for yourself and also help others. Congratulations Mm. on that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I think it's important to understand the needs of the customer and it's very easy to do that if you're the customer yourself. Yeah. Then with, I, I think with ADHD, I think a lot of people have it, but they don't know they have it. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Your experience or uh, what you are telling me right now, a lot of people do have it. Yeah. No, I only got diagnosed last year. I'm 35 years old and I had developed yeah. a, a lot of coping strategies to, to help me to, to just deal with life. But you're absolutely right that especially amongst women, it tends to be underdiagnosed. And also anyone who's a a bit older 
unless you are hyperactive because there's two types of ADHD. There's the inattentive kind, which is more getting distracted easily. And then there's the hyperactive kind, which people often think about for ADHD, where you think of a, a boy running around in the classroom, refusing to sit still. And that's not necessarily that common, especially not common amongst girls and women. So it's now being recognized that it can take different forms and that the inattentive kind of not being able to stay focused on certain tasks, that can be quite common. Okay. So we have mentioned a lot about ADHD. So can you tell us a little more about it? Maybe a lot of us don't know. We have heard it, but we don't know about it. Yeah, absolutely. It stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And a lot of people don't really like that definition because the problem is not necessarily that people with ADHD can't pay attention. It's that we can't necessarily control what we pay attention to. So I sometimes have things that really grab my attention. My own business ideas are often in that camp and I'll work on it for easily five hours straight. I'll forget to eat. I'll forget to get up. And that can both be a, a blessing and a curse. That's called hyperfocus, where we're able to really get into things that we care about. And I think that's part of why a lot of people with ADHD are entrepreneurs, because we, when we have ideas, we're really good at running with them. But there can be issues too. For example, it's quite common. Anything that isn't particularly exciting, for example, tax returns, they tend to not be done in a timely manner. And it can be very hard to get myself to do things that I don't really care that much about. But there are definitely, there are solutions to it. There's a lot of things that can help. It's not like it means that you can't ever get anything done and that you're always going to be unmanageable. There are ways to treat ADHD both with medication and with behavioral changes. So I want to add that with the symptoms, I know there are different types. Does the symptoms run like, are they the same? The symptoms are a bit different. So there's two types or really three types. There's the inattentive type where you get distracted easily. There's the hyperactive type where people want to constantly be up and moving and fiddling with things or walking around. And there's the combined type where you're both highly distractible and also you want to move around all the time. I'm the combined type. So I find it very hard, for example, to be in a meeting where I'm not talking and there's about 10 people and I'm just listening. I want to get up and play with things around me or I'll often go for a walk during meetings so that I can actually pay attention or I'll do a a workout with my camera off. So there are some solutions there that mean that I, I can still pay attention, but often I need to be doing something with my hands in order to keep myself actually able to pay attention. I think with these symptoms, a lot of people are having it a lot. <laughs> From yeah, and- what you are telling me, I can see a lot, a lot of people who don't know they have it, but they are having it. Yeah, and it's a spectrum. So... I think I'm on the lower end of the spectrum. There are some people who really, really struggle with things like being on time to meetings and constantly losing possessions and not being able to focus at all. 
I I can mostly focus. It's just it, it's harder for me to control it. And there are yeah, it it can be like I said, it, it can be a superpower where some of the aspects of the condition there's also a lot of creativity associated with it that I'm coming up with ideas all the time and and that's pretty common too that people with ADHD are often highly creative. So don't feel bad if it maybe seems like you might be if you're a listener and you think you might have ADHD, it's not necessarily the end of the world. It can be a positive thing too. Okay, thanks for this motivation. So anyone with ADHD should see that creativity is your superpower and your strength, so you have to use it. So mm. growing up, did you experience some of the symptoms? Maybe you neglected it, but it was showing in some of the things that you were doing growing up or even when you entered into adulthood. Did you experience something like that yeah so some of the things that were challenging for me punctuality was one of the big ones i used to live a five minute walk away from school but i was late basically every day even though there was no reason that i'd be late but i'd be constantly thinking oh i know it's five minutes until school starts but i'll just do one more thing and then that one thing would take me 10 minutes and then i'm 10 minutes late Okay. And there were other things I'd often lose possessions and, you know, I was relatively far ahead at school. My experience has been that I can work very quickly. So I, even though I didn't necessarily pay attention that much in class, I was able to understand it very quickly. So I, I did well in school, but as I got into university, when things got a bit harder, I did, I did struggle at that point. Mm, okay, okay, that's good. So, how was the journey like um, you creating for Focus there? I have made other apps before. I'm a software developer, so I, I know how to make apps. And the, the original idea for it was a app on my computer that would help me, A, to not get distracted, but the other thing too was... I was not having good work-life balance when I was working on the app. The part of the motivation was that I had a, another business that was going quite well and it was getting bought by another company. And that was a really stressful time for me because I was running the business, I had another job and I was dealing with lawyers and accountants navigating the sale of the business. I was getting really stressed. I was basically working 60 hours per week. I wasn't sleeping enough. I wasn't exercising, wasn't meditating, wasn't doing any of the things that are actually helpful. And the result of that was my productivity was going downhill. So I really wanted a way to force myself to meditate and exercise in the morning. And the idea of the app was that I couldn't access my emails until I had done at least five minutes of meditation and five minutes of exercise. That was the, the early version of the app that it would just lock me out of my computer until I had done those healthy habits. And it worked really well. It made a profound difference to my mental and physical health. Even just doing a small amount of exercise and meditation in the morning, that meant that I wasn't stressed when I started the day. And I was able to tackle some of the work challenges with a, a clearer head. And it meant that I could then finish work a bit earlier and sleep more. 
and I've progressively increased my morning routine. Now I do more like a two-hour morning routine where I go for a half an hour run and I do a longer meditation. I do some journaling, I do some creative writing, a bunch of things that are helpful for me to start my day right. That's great. And it, it requires a lot of practice. Your mind on focus too. Yeah, but I've found that it's helpful to externalize the focus. So it's not me having to think about, okay, I'm going to wake up and then I'm going to meditate. It's more I wake up and I've got my computer and my phone reminding me, hey, you said you wanted to meditate first thing. I'm not going to let you use any apps until you do your meditation. And that way, I mean, it, it sounds like, I'm being forced to do it, but I actually, I want to do it and it's helpful accountability. I think it, it's quite a nice trick to, to externalize it. It's a bit like if you have a personal trainer and you, you want to work out or you have a, a friend who you work out with, that really makes a difference because there's someone there who's going to ask you, Hey, are we going to go to the gym or not? And just having someone else there to hold you accountable is really helpful. I found it a bit hard to always have someone around. So that's why the app is there to help me. It's almost like my, my workout buddy that's always there. Okay. Okay. So when you were diagnosed with it, at what point did you realize that, oh, I have to create something for myself and add it? I actually got diagnosed after I built the app. So I, I got diagnosed in July last year and I started building Focus Bear in January. The reason I got diagnosed is because after I shared the app with a few people, the people who really liked it were people with ADHD. And that made me realize, hang on, maybe there's a reason that I built this app and I designed it for for myself and yet people with ADHD are finding it really helpful. I went and saw a psychologist and got basically confirmed with off off the charts ADHD that I answered all of the assessment questions with the ADHD perspective. And I also got diagnosed with autism, but that wasn't a surprise for me. That was something that I had suspected from when I was a teenager. So how were you able to beat all these challenges? Because I see it as challenge. If it was someone else, a person would have given up on their dreams or whatever they wanted to do. So how did you manage that? No matter what, I have to achieve my dreams. No matter any situation I'm going through, I have to achieve my dream. I I did experience quite a lot of challenges, especially at the start of my career. I got fired from my first five jobs and a lot of that, looking back on it, was related to my ADHD. There was one job that I got fired from because I was late too many times. There was another job where I said things that were a little bit too honest. So one of the symptoms of ADHD as well is being a bit unfiltered and saying things without really thinking them through. And I basically said something to my manager that didn't go down well and I got fired from that job. So it's been a... a, a a journey of learning through harsh experience for me of going through these work experiences, realizing eventually that I had to change. I had to get much better at punctuality and I needed to be better at communication. 
And it was quite painful learning that way. I, I really hope that other people don't have to learn the way that I learned and that they can ideally, if, if they're potentially neurodivergent, as in ADHD, autism, dyslexia, I hope that they can get diagnosed at a younger age because it really makes a big difference if you can get diagnosed as a child and have lots of support. For me, it was going through those experiences and then eventually finding a job where they tolerated my idiosyncrasies, basically, that I, I worked for a smaller company. I've found that small organizations tend to be better for me. And I was able to build up my technical skills and end up doing pretty well over time. But the first couple of years of my career weren't much fun. And is there resigning or being sacked at a job five times? I think it was hard for you, right? Mm, it was. It was emotionally difficult and also financially difficult. I didn't yeah. have stable income and I got into a lot of debt as well. So it was very stressful. So what what makes Cocos very special? There's a few things. One is that it was designed by me and other people in the team who have ADHD. And we've really made a lot of little things that maybe you wouldn't think about if you don't have ADHD, but things around making it so that it, it actually it is strict enough to stop me from getting distracted, but not so strict that it won't, it won't be in the way when I'm trying to do things that I, I do need to, for example, occasionally read the news very rarely, but sometimes I'll need to access a distracting site. So lots of little tweaks like that that is designed for people who have ADHD. And then the other thing that makes it special is that it works across all devices. A lot of the other apps, there's say Rescue Time, Freedom, Forest, Cold Turkey, those apps tend to only work on the computer or on the phone, but not both. And that's a bit of an issue because I can be working hard on my computer and then I'll get a notification on my phone and I'll go and read the news on my phone instead. And that doesn't work. So I, I wanted something that would protect my attention regardless of which device I was using. And that's how it works that you can use it across all of your devices. Okay. So I want to ask this because I know most of the website and apps, they don't do it. Some of them, I, I think they do it because they add this accessibility icon for people with, let's say, hyper-focus can know how to, let's say, reduce the contrast and other stuff. Hmm. So, let's say, when you visit, well, through your experience, when you visit those websites, how do you feel as a person with ADHD? Are you talking about the accessibility overlays? Yeah, help yeah. People? Okay. Yeah, so they're, they're very helpful for people generally with vision impairments and okay. people, like you said, that if someone is colorblind and they might not be able to distinguish between red and green, it will have a high contrast mode. I think that can be helpful. They're not normally designed for people with ADHD, but there, there are some things that can be helpful in terms of reducing animations and re reducing the amount of visual distraction on the page. Okay. I think that's a lot of these changes are, are basically they're good for everyone. 
that if we can make a website which is very easy to read, it doesn't use too much text, it, the language is easy to read, which will help people with dyslexia, and maybe there's more visual explanations as well. And the alt text is helpful for, for people who are una- unable to see. There's this concept of universal design that if we make changes that help people who have a, have problems seeing, problems hearing, problems moving around, problems paying attention, often those changes we make are helpful for everyone. Because there are times where all of us, even if you don't have ADHD, they can be hard to pay attention. Or if you're in a, a very sunny environment and you can't see well because the sun's in your eyes, then it's very helpful to have good contrast on the page. Or it might be that if you, even if you normally can walk, if you have a suitcase with you, then it's helpful to have a, a ramp into a building so you can get up even if you don't have a wheelchair. So really, I'm excited about a world where everyone is able to get around and everyone's able to work and everyone's able to study regardless of what access needs they have. I would like to ask you this question. You know, you were saying that something about focus. So is it that anyone without focus can be of ADHD? It's not necessarily that simple that there are many reasons why it might be hard to pay attention If we're sleep deprived, for example, then everyone is going to have a hard time paying attention. Or if there is a lot of anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder, if you've got a lot of emotions going on, that can make it hard to concentrate as well. ADHD is a a diagnosis that is basically, it's considered if those other factors aren't present, that if someone is getting enough sleep, and they don't have a lot of emotional trauma, but they're still finding it hard to pay attention, that's when ADHD might be present. But it normally it has to be it has to be something that has been around for a long time. So it has to be not just a problem you've had for a few months, but it needs to be something that was with you from when you were a child. Sometimes it happens when someone's an adult, but normally it's always been there. Maybe there's been some coping strategies that you've developed, but over time, it might still be hard to to pay attention. Thank you for that. Okay, listeners, are you enjoying this show? If you are, I want want you to share your comments or opinion on the Spotify interaction box, or you can also share it on all the listening apps that you are listening. Elevate with Bridget on and also you can share it on the Elevate with Bridget listeners podcast Facebook group. So, Jeremy, can you tell us or can you advise us or anyone with ADHD who is struggling to be focused, any advice for that person to help him or her out? Sure. My advice would be it is helpful to work with a, a medical professional that there are some things that doctors can help with. But there are also non-medication changes that we can make. And that's what I tend to concentrate on. I find that my ability to concentrate heavily depends on getting enough sleep, getting enough exercise and meditating. If I do those three things, then I'm normally able to have a productive day. 
And in order for me to sleep well, I need to be very careful about going to bed on time, which means that I can't be using my phone and my computer late at night or watching TV late at night. Really important to have a healthy relationship with screens. That's one of the the key things to focus on. The second thing with exercise, I find that it makes a, a huge difference when I go for a run in the morning. When I do that, I'm much better able to concentrate. I think that's quite common as well. The hyperactivity can actually be solved by just doing a bit more exercise. It it might be that the desire to get up and walk around is because we haven't actually done enough walking that day or done enough exercise. And the third thing around meditation, there's quite a lot of research suggesting that doing meditation helps people both with ADHD and people who don't have ADHD. And it doesn't have to be sitting there and counting your breaths. It could be going for a walk without listening to anything else and just being very mindful as you're walking. Or it could be doing something with your hands. It could be counting jelly beans or it could be doing some cooking in a mindful manner. The main thing is to be doing something where you're not getting external input, as in you're not listening to audiobooks, you're not listening to podcasts. Great to listen to podcasts, especially listen to Bridget's podcast. But <laughs> keep some time, yep, keep some time after you've listened to the podcast or before to just have some time on your own, even five or ten minutes without talking to anyone or listening to anything. That can be a form of meditation as well. You know, with meditation, people often think sitting down still and raising their hands up, <laughs> that's the mm-hmm. only thing. But you have just told us that there are different ways you can meditate. So we thank you for that. So do you think that journaling too can help when someone is in this situation? Yeah, I definitely think so. I journal for about 15 minutes every morning and it really helps me to clear my thoughts. Is that something that you do as well? Yeah, I have a lot of journals out there. Mm. And yeah, I kind of convince people to do it. Mm. Yeah, to share my thoughts and also to write. I have different, different journals for ideas, for emotions, for goals, for a lot of things. (laughs) So Mm. I just pick it. So now I want to experiment on a new habit. So I've started creating a journal for it to record my updates and something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Great. <laughs> yeah. So like elevate with Bridget and Bridget is more about like convincing people that their dreams can be possible no matter what. Hmm. So it's more about motivation, informing, inspiring, and a a whole lot of things. One thing I'd like to share on that is that it can feel overwhelming if you've got a big goal. For example, I had a, a goal to get back into running. When I was a teenager, I used to do a lot of running. I'd run 100 kilometers per week. But as I got older, I felt that I didn't have enough time because I got busy with work and it felt impossible to have a running habit. So what I tried to do was follow an approach called Tiny Habits. It's by a Stanford professor called BJ Fogg. 
and he's done research into how to set habits and how to achieve long-term goals. And his research suggests that the most important thing is to get into a consistency. And the way to do that is to do it in a small way initially, that if we have a new habit that we want to form, don't try and do, say, an hour of studying a language or an hour of exercise. Instead, just do a few minutes. And after yeah. a week, if we've done that consistently for a week, increase it by one one more minute. And over time, that will build up into a really powerful habit. That's what I did with my running. I started with a five-minute run each day, which is really short, almost feels pointless. But the main thing is to keep in mind that it's not about how much I'm doing at this point. It's about if I keep doing this every day, then in six months, it's going to be a really powerful habit. And that's what happened for me. I got up to then doing half an hour every morning. And it felt easy because I progressively increased it. Whereas if I had tried to do half an hour every day in the beginning, it would have felt impossible. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I call it compound effects. <laughs> mm -mm. And the reason why repetition helps with this habit, doing a small, small, but repeating it helps is that like you indirectly inform the mind to, let's say, alert you since it's like everybody, like every part of your body is in that action. You do it small. But small, small in a repeated sequence or in a repeated pattern. But let's say when you are doing it and are three days time, you don't do it. You don't allow the mind to recognize that action. So when you repeat it at the same time and like, when I say at the same time, like at the same pace, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, you tell the mind that, oh, like when you wake up, you know that I have to do this at five minutes. So even mm. if you have forgotten and let's say you see something related to the thing that you are going to do, it just alerts you, hey, you have something to do. You have to go for jogging. You have to go and do some exercise. Then it's like you are already, your mind and everything is already prepared to do the action. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, and listeners, Jeremy will also be joining us on the new podcast to tell us more about how to develop um, products and a whole lot of more things to come. So watch out for that episode too on the new podcast, the Business Good Connector podcast. So Jeremy, what's your last word that you think or your last advice you think you can have for us so that we can Turn all our dreams into realities. Summing up, I think that the key things to focus on are the tiny habit approach and concentrating on getting plenty of sleep, doing some exercise each day, eating well and meditating. I think those four things are a recipe for success. And if any of those four things feel hard at the moment, then start with tiny habits. Just start with a little change, start with getting a little bit more sleep, a little bit more exercise, eating a little bit better and doing a little bit of meditation. And over time, that's going to make profound differences. Okay. So where can we connect with you or connect with your app 
or your website? The best place to connect with me is on focusbear.io. And if you fill out the contact form, that goes straight to my email and I'd love to correspond with you. Okay. Okay. So nice having you on board and thank you for sharing your thoughts, your experience with us. And we really, really appreciate it. Likewise, it's been great talking to you. Okay. So thank you so much. I'm so glad uh, from hearing from you, like, it's not easy to experience something like that and then sharing it. People don't usually want to share that, but for your side, you have, you have given us everything that we need to know about ADHD. So thank you again. <laughs> no problems. It was a pleasure. Okay. So listeners, you heard Jeremy about how to challenge yourself, how to achieve everything that you want to achieve with your dreams, even when you are in the tight corner, tight situation of your soul. And I know you are going to use every bit of advice that Jeremy has shared with us. So thank you for tuning in to Elevate with Bridget. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.